Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. I'm so grateful you're here. This week, we are finishing up our two-part series where we are talking about staying out of the spam folder. Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex-corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. I escaped corporate to chase my passion a few years back, <clears throat> maybe 20 years. And along the way, I made all the mistakes just so you don't have to. Chances are you have a pretty full career. You've got experience, expertise, and probably a whole lot of education. The problem is people can't find you. They need you, but they can't find you. This is why each week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are gonna help you create a profitable business so you can secure your legacy, ensuring that you thrive not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome to the Second Act Entrepreneur Show. Uh, covered last week the headline component of this and some of the actual email, like what to do with your email. So if you missed that, you can find that episode at alisaconnor.com forward slash 130. And that's going to give you five tips to avoid the spam filter with your headlines. And also um, where I was going with that was you may be wondering like how important is it to stay out of the spam filter with your emails? Well, it's pretty important because most people can't, about 16% of their emails are going to the spam folder immediately. And then if people don't open your emails and they're not engaging with your emails, it will just increase from there. And so we're trying to avoid that. And so all the tips that I'm giving you both today and um, that I gave you last week apply not just like when you're setting up your email, but for the long term. So uh, without further ado, let's dive into how to stay out of the spam filter, the tech piece of it. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm not techie. I don't know how to do this. Calm down. Let's take a deep breath because you can do this. Um, the tech pieces are not so super techie, and I'm going to make them super simple for you so you know what to look for, um, that you can't take care of this because you can't. And but there are things that will definitely kick off the spam filter if you don't have them taken care of. So number one is that you need to send your email from a hosted domain. So what does that mean? A hosted domain, a domain that is hosted on a server somewhere that has an actual domain name. So www.mybusiness.com. You would put in whatever your business is there. Um, and so for mine, it's elisaconnor.com. Well, you want to have an email that comes from hello at your domain name. So hello at elisaconnor.com so that the spam filter goes, oh, this is an actual business. It's not just some spammer who went into Gmail or AOL or Yahoo and set up some random email. And you might be thinking, what? People do that? It happens all the time. In fact, I had an example that came through my email yesterday and it's pretty hard to trick me. And uh, this one was a doozy. It was a air quote invoice for something that they said was from QuickBooks. And it was a Norton security thing that they said they had built my account for. Well, when I looked at it and I went to hit reply, it was some random email that was like a bunch of numbers and letters at gmail.com. And so all they did was create this and they took all the logos from QuickBooks. They took all the logos from Norton and they basically created this invoice um, to get you to respond to it. And so um, they are out there, they will do it. And that is exactly why it sends your stuff to the spam filter, whether you want it to or not. 
So having a hosted email address, whether you just have one that's info at your domain name, um, is going to help you significantly avoid the spam filter. Like that's tip number one. Spammers will go out there and use all of the free resources, Yahoo, um, Hotmail, does that still exist? Hotmail, uh, AOL, you know, all the things that are like, not up to speed and that you can get a million free email addresses, they're going to use those. And that's what they do. They just go and create a hundred email addresses so that they can send spam email. And it hurts uh, the the open rates and the um, delivery rates for us, which sucks, but we don't have any control over that. So all we can do is control what we can control, which is why I say create an email address that's for, for your domain. Now, the next piece of this is that you don't want it to come from your business name. You want the email address to be whatever the email address is, but the from name should be an actual name. Because for example, if I am sending you an email and it comes from Elisa Connor Consulting versus just Elisa Connor, it will trigger the spam folder because most business emails, people want to hear from people. They don't want to hear from a business. And so what you're, what you're seeing is a lot of those big businesses will actually um, have it come from their business and you look and see where they show up. And so, um, you know, if you're looking at like target, target just comes to mind. Almost all of my mail from target is in the promotions file because it's not coming from a real person. It's coming from target. And so that's the second piece of this um, send component is that you want your real name or a name. So if you have somebody on your team, it could be Jenny Sue um, would be her name in the name field. So when they look at the email, it's coming from Jenny Sue. um, And then the email address would be Jenny Sue at yourbusiness.com, whatever your business is. Two pieces to this one, set up your email address at your domain. And then the other piece is to have a real person's name, not a company name for who that is um, coming from so that it doesn't trigger the spam filter. And then the other piece of that is that um, the long-term effect of this, of not taking this action, which is really not a difficult action. If you have somebody that takes care of your website, um, they should be able to set this up for you within half an hour. Like it really takes zero time. I just did it on Friday for a client and um, even with the changeover, we, we moved them over to um, Google Workspace to manage their email. And so we set up the, the email address on their domain and then I set them up with Google Workspace and it took less than an hour to do all of that and have it all propagate over. So they say it can take longer, but most of the time Google's really good. That's why I recommend them. Um, just a shameless plug, I don't get paid. <laughs> anything to tell you about Google Workspace, but it's a really great um, email service for small businesses. And I recommend it to all my clients. So if you don't have one, that's who I would use. Um, But it it can happen really quickly. And your website person can help you with that. And um, the long term effect of not having it set up that way is that you can hurt your IP reputation. And so an IP address is the address that your email, et cetera, is coming from. And so every individual router has a separate IP address. And if you continue to send from the address, say in your office, it, it could do permanent damage to your reputation for that IP address. 
And if that's the case, then it's a bigger mess to clean up. So without going too far down a rabbit hole, because I feel like I'm already getting a little bit complicated, um, you don't want to send too many email addresses that are going to the spam folder from the same place. Um, because if you do, then it's a much bigger mess for you to try and clean it up later. So implementing some of these things early on is going to help you stay on the, the high road, <laughs> for lack of a better term, and ensure that your emails are getting delivered and getting in front of the people that you want to see them instead of zipping over to the spam or trash folders or things like that. Because after you work so hard to get people on your list, it totally sucks to, for them to not get your emails. And not only that, but it's really disappointing to the person that signed up and it um, gives, you know, kind of gives them a poor taste in their mouth if they sign up for your emails and then they never get any because they didn't show up in their inbox. So that is tip number one is to make sure that you are using real email addresses and um, real people's names for your email. So if it's just you, just put your e- just put your name in there. It's not a big deal. Um, And then the other piece of this that comes up a lot, people always ask me, should I buy email lists? No, do not buy email lists. And the reason is, is that will detrimentally impact your online reputation for your email. And how do you think the spammers get put in the spam folder? They buy email addresses. So that's number one is you don't want to do it because short term, you're going to have more op- more chance that you're going to end up in the spam folder. More so than that, it's because it's slimy to do because people um, don't, if, if they don't request to be on your email address, it's crappy to put them on your list. It just is. And the other piece of that is that it is quickly becoming illegal. Um, it started with GDPR, which I'm not, there's an episode on that in the, um, previous episode I did talking about GDPR, but that is the law that passed in the, in the European union that basically says you cannot, um, utilize a person's personal information, including their email address without their explicit permission. Now, let me be clear about that explicit, like they have explicitly signed up for your email address. You're like, well, I don't have any clients in the EU. Well, that may be true. But one, you don't know when that might change. And you might have people in Europe that become your clients because I never thought that would be me. And now I have them. And number two, um, there are multiple states within the United States that have already adopted the same policy and made it law. And the two that come to mind are New York, California, I think Connecticut would be the third one, but there are five to seven states that have already adopted this. So, and it is quickly because people want their privacy protected. Um, want to know about more about that? Ask Mark Zuckerberger because he just paid out some three million dollars or something for a privacy um, infraction. But <laughs> let's just, you know, people want their privacy protected, and so I foresee that law becoming pretty common across the board. So you might as well start protecting information and asking permission in advance. Because if you have to go back and clean up your email list and take people off because you didn't ask for permission, that is a big job. And you will likely have to start over from scratch. And nobody wants to do that because you work really hard to get people on your list. And we're all about on this crew taking care of our people 
and putting them there so that we can deliver value and not sell them um, or spam them with stuff that they don't want. So whew, that was a lot. So that leads into number, number two, ironically, <laughs> um, is that you don't want to add people to your list unless you um, have their explicit permission. And there is a, a law in the United States called the I Can Spam Act, I-C-A-N-N, not I can, I can do it, but it's I-C-A-N-N. And it basically tells you, it, it basically says all of the things that I just told you. You can't add people to your list without permission. You can't email people without permission. If they unsubscribe, you have to take them off your list without any further contact. There's a whole bunch of it. If you want um, to know all of the details about that, just Google ICANN, I-C-A-N-N, Spam Act. Um, but one of the requirements for the ICANN Spam Act is that you have a physical mailing address in your email service provider. And I know that... Um, the email service providers have recently undergone, probably with the changeover of the new year, um, a update, a forced update for email addresses. And I know this because I have two different email service providers that I work in, and they both said, hey, you need to confirm your email address before you can send any more emails. And they like put the kibosh on, you can't send anything until you confirm it. And so that is um, a requirement probably on their end so that it doesn't hurt their email reputation because they host the server where your emails are coming out of, for example, ConvertKit. And they have too many clients at stake for you to not confirm your email or your um, postal address that would hurt their reputation and they don't want that. So that is uh, the tip for number two. One of the tips is to make sure that you add a postal address. It cannot be a PO box um, to your email um, service provider. So whether that's ConvertKit or MailChimp or ActiveCampaign, I'm trying to think of all the ones. I, I typically stick to ActiveCampaign and ConvertKit. Those are my two favorites. And if you've been on the show for a while, you know that. <laughs> so. Um, and then the other one that I mentioned before was that you have to ask for explicit permission. And so if you've ever filled out a form on my site for something that I, one of my free downloads you're going to see on there, there's a checkbox that says, um, I want to stay in touch with Elisa and be updated of her weekly updates. Well, if you don't check that box, I can't send you weekly emails. And so in my system, that is... Um, the way that I confirm that you are okay with me sending you my weekly emails. And there are many people who go with the um, confirmation email that will just, it, what it is is a subscription confirmation. And a lot of the email ser service providers will automatically send this. And it's an email that says, hey, um, please confirm that you have subscribed to blank email address. And if they don't click that button, they don't get any more emails. If that email goes to spam, they're not getting any of your emails. And so that's why I added the checkbox <laughs> to my forms because it kind of alleviated having to uh, have them confirm their, their subscription and having that email get lost. And it did happen multiple times. So ask permission um, and do, that's called double opt-in. So if you ever hear that term double opt-in, it means that they have sign up for your list, but then they check the box or they hit the 
confirm subscription link in the email to say, yes, I agree to this so that they're not just automatically getting signed up for an email address or an email series that they don't want. And then last but not least, I kind of brushed over this, but you want to make sure that if somebody unsubscribes, you're honoring their request. So I have had so many people that I have unsubscribed, 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 and then I report them. Because if I unsubscribe more than three times and you don't take me off your list, that's bad on you. And you don't want that to happen to you. And so don't be that guy or gal. Just just don't do it. If somebody unsubscribes from your list, think of it, bless them, let them go on their way. You're making room for somebody else to come in. And it's really important that you um, honor that because one, um, you're just going to make them mad <laughs> if you keep sending them emails and they don't want them. And two, um, it's really bad juju. Like you just don't want to do that. Uh, energetically, like if you've listened to any of my um, more spiritual shows, like energetically, you don't want to push stuff out there um, that you don't want to happen to you. And that's exactly what's going to happen. So anyway, that is number two, moving right along. Number three, and you may be thinking, what when I tell you this one, because everybody resists what you resist will persist. Um, Number three is to clean your email list regularly. Okay, so last but not least, and this is the one that everybody avoids um, because it sounds so counterintuitive. You're trying to grow your email list, so why would you do this? But the third thing you can do from the tech perspective is regularly clean your email list. And that sounds like, why would I want to take people off? Well, if you don't regularly clean your list and people are not opening your emails, they're not clicking on your links, and they're not engaging with your content or with your marketing or with you, Um, there's a couple of things that could be going on. One is they've already solved their problem. And so they don't really need your emails. They don't need what you do. Um, They are not in the market right now. So they're not ready to make a purchase. And um, they see your emails, but they are just deleting them without reading them. Or they just kind of look at them and once in a blue moon. And then the third reason is that um, what you're sending them is not relevant. And so they may have thought that you had the solution to what they needed, or they might be confused about what they needed. Um, And so you're sending them emails and they're just not opening them. And so rather than unsubscribe, because there's steps to that, people just delete them. And then that ultimately hurts your both your open rates and your click through rates. And if that goes on long enough, that hurts your overall email reputation. And we don't want that. And so when you repeatedly send to people that are not interested, um, obviously it's going to lower everything. And we don't want that because the email service providers and the Googleinators and all of the people that make the rules of the internet take that into account when they're delivering your emails. And so we want to make sure that your open rates and your click-through rates are as high as possible. And one of the best ways to do that is to clean your list. Now, inside my Email Breakthrough Academy, I actually have an entire module on how to do this. There is a template, there is specific instructions and all that stuff. So if you are struggling with, I don't know how to clean my list, I don't know how to get going, um, stay tuned because in a couple of weeks, the Email Breakthrough Academy is opening and you can learn all of that um, in that course, along with all kinds of other things about email. 
but typically I recommend that you clean your email list every 30, 60, or 90 days, depending on what your sales cycle is, is really what it amounts to, um, and how frequently you're emailing. And so um, if you set up a schedule and stick to it, so say you do 90 days, then that means you're doing it once a quarter. And the people in my courses that have done this have seen significant increases, not only in their open and click-through rates, but also their sales rates because then they're getting the emails that really matter in front of the eyeballs that really need to see them. And um, it's, it's pushing people to purchase and keeping them top of mind until they are ready to purchase. And so um, the third piece of this is that most email subscribers, once you reach a certain level, charge you additional money for your email subscribers. So why would you pay for people that aren't interested in your email? Just for vanity, just to have the numbers? That makes zero sense. Like you don't want to be paying for people that don't want to hear from you. That's a waste of your money. It's a waste of their time. And it's ultimately not doing a darn good thing for your email reputation. So those are the three biggies. You want to make sure that you're sending your email from um, an address that is at your domain and that it has a real name attached to it. Um, not some made up name or your business name. You want to make sure that you are following all the rules for GDPR and the ICANN Spam Act, depending on where you live in the world, and that you want to make sure that you are regularly cleaning your list. Now, as you know, if you stay tuned to the um, show on a frequent basis, I always have a bonus. So of course I have a a bonus here, but um, you want to use a product to check your headlines and your entire email if possible. And so we talked about headlines last week and I'm not sure if I teased this or not, but there are a couple services out there that I've used in the past that I recommend where you can go and check your headline and see how likely is it gonna hit the spam folder. And so I'm gonna link those in the show notes, but I will tell you really quick what they are. The first one is Omnisend and it's O-M-N-I-S-E-N-D. I'll have it linked in the show notes at elisaconnor.com forward slash 131. All of these, I'll link them just so you you don't have to write them down or try to remember what they are. Um, the other one that I use quite often is called Email Subject Grader. Um, and it will go through and tell you, you know, how many spam words are in there, different ideas to like bunch it up and, um, you know, make sure that it's going to get through. And then the third one I use is co-schedule. Now, one I didn't put on the list that I just thought of, um, which is sort of a roundabout way to do it, but it works, um, is if you have a WordPress website, um, and I, I build pretty specifically on WordPress, if you have that, there's a plugin called Yoast, Y-O-A-S-T, kind of like toast with a Y, and it will grade your headlines for deliverability in your blog posts. Well, there's no reason you can't go in and have them grade your headlines for your emails. Uh, It's kind of a roundabout way to do it, but you can definitely use that too. But the three that I recommend typically just to email people are Omnisend, Email Subject Grader, and CoSchedule. And then if you want to test your entire email, you can use Mail-Tester, and it will send you an, um, it will send the email as though you are sending it out. And then it will give you, send you a graded report of how well it did or where it ended up. 
Um, is not spam is another one, another service that will test your entire email and then unspam email. And I will put the links for all of those in the show notes. There's six of them. I don't want you to have to write them all down, but those are ways that you can test your entire email and your headline so that you can make sure that all of your ducks are in a row. So if you missed anything about headlines, you can catch that in last week's episode. I will link that in the show notes. Um, and then one last thing is that, you know, you heard me mention the email breakthrough Academy. I only open it a few times a year and it is a program that walks you through everything with your email marketing, which emails to set up, what kind of sequences to have, um, how to utilize three different types of technology to create um, automations and all of the tech pieces of it. I try to make it really simple. Um, How to write, there's a bunch of um, tips in there on how to write headlines, but it is a really great way for you to get every piece of information and system that you have ever thought you needed to get your emails written have them perform well, increase your open rates, increase your click-through rates, and most importantly, sell more of your stuff. And so if you're interested in that, I currently have a wait list open for that program. It's not open yet. It's coming in March, but you can go and sign up for that wait list um, by going to alisaconnor.com forward slash EBA dash wait list. And EBA stands for Email Breakthrough Academy. So I would love to have you in there. If you want to be the first to know when it opens, just go over there and click the wait list and you will be on the the first to know the VIP uh, email series that goes out to let you know it's open. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I hope that these tips will help you get more passionate about your email um, and, you know, re-engage with your list and just, you know, take care of some things that are really simple that could help you stay out of the spam folder. I will see you next week. In the meantime, take care, be well, stay safe, and I'll see you soon. Did you miss something during the podcast? Maybe forgot to take notes? No worries. We've taken all the notes for you. All the resources, links, and information in this episode, you can find over at alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash podcast. Looking forward to seeing you next week.